Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. In this episode, we are going to discuss the basic framework structure need and reasons for HIPAA rules. Electronic records make it easier to share information between providers in order to allow for the opportunity to provide comprehensive care to patients. Having access to the proper information for diagnostic and treatment purposes is really essential in order to do this with our patients. So what do we need to know as healthcare providers? Well, HIPAA, which stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, which is a group of federal laws passed in 1996 with the goal of protecting patients' health information in a new world of electronic medical records. So as a healthcare provider, you really need to understand all of these laws and rules. But just like everything else, it's important to understand perspective, how we got here, and what the goals were to protect patient information so that you can proceed forward in the right way. In 1996, the discussion began and the laws were passed with the goal of protecting patients' health information. In this new world of electronic medical records, everyone was starting to use computers to put all of patients' information on them. And remember, this was a time when the internet had not been created or used yet, and the dawn of the cell phones were in its infancy. I know that's really hard for most of you to imagine, but I promise you, there was a time where there was a computer in a dental office, and it was primarily just used at the front desk for things like billing and um, chart audits. It did not have a lot of patient information in it, but it had enough patient information in it that people started getting concerned. And we were not sure where electronics were headed, but we did know that it was important when we're putting all of this patient information onto these electronic devices, we weren't sure how we were going to protect that information, but we, we knew it had to be done. And this is how the HIPAA law became at the forefront in 1996. Americans were cautious about technology and personal information, and people were concerned about what would happen with their information. Everyone who works in healthcare should understand these laws, how it applies to you and your work, and how you can take steps to protect patient information. HIPAA has specific requirements that you should understand in order to afford you the ability to comply with the laws and rules. Now, there are three main rules to secure your patient's medical records and ensure privacy of information that patients share on their medical records. The HIPAA privacy rule regulates and protects the health information that patients share and provides the patient with the right to protect that information. They can dictate who this information is shared with as well. The second rule is the HIPAA security rule. And in this rule, it mandates that healthcare workers securely store and securely share information about a patient. 
Encryption, for example, is used for all email transfers and electronic data needs to be stored in a safe space with backup protocols and proper logins for providers. The third rule is the HIPAA enforcement rule, which provides oversight of the first two rules and puts into place procedures and enforcing rules that investigate potential violations. This just helps support the implementation of the first two rules. Penalty for noncompliance were also established under the enforcement rule to ensure that providers took this law seriously and knew that there would be serious consequences if they didn't comply. These initial three rules that were established in 1996 were then further developed in the early 2000s to further protect patients as other technologies and concerns emerged. So the law actually evolved as it was needed to change to be pr protected and inclusive. And then in 2013, HIPAA was revised and it ended up including additional revisions that are still in effect today, which included things like genetic information, and it also had a technology act piece. And all of those things were incorporated together into the, the now HIPAA Patient Privacy Act that was established and revised in 2013. There are specific patient health information rules defined by HIPAA that are protected under this law. Any health information data, health care, or payment information, all of that stuff should be protected. This includes things like clinical notes and pretty much everything that has to do with a patient, either written, verbal, or electronic. You want to keep that in mind. Whether you talk about it, you show a picture, or you write it down in a clinical note, all of that information is protected under the HIPAA Act. Any organization that cares for a patient are grouped together into different categories. There are covered entities, which would be a dental office, business associates, which would be things like referring dental offices or referring physicians, and then subcontractors, which might be people like um, repair and maintenance people that come in to fix your equipment or people that clean your office. So these are considered the three categories. So how do these translate into dentistry? Now, dental office would be the covered entity, which is defined as any healthcare provider who uses electronic records to transmit health information related to procedures or financial transactions. And this is routinely done on a daily basis when we submit to insurance or send referrals to a specialist for care. And this is stuff that you will be doing as a dental hygienist. Calling in a prescription for a patient to the pharmacy could also be an example of a covered entity that's engaging with patient information and other providers. Our patient's dental insurance plan can be described as a covered entity as well due to the structure and the nature of the protected patient information held by the company. So good for you to know that. When you're looking at business associates as it relates to a dental office, a business associate could be considered a consultant who comes into your practice and reviews your patient data to analyze your business needs and indicators. A subcontractor is a person who works for the dental office and has access to the patient information. And like I said, this could be someone who's coming in to fix the operatory or they're cleaning the office or doing repairs. 
you want to just consider all the different people involved in the practice of dentistry and identify ways in which you can protect patient information. Your patient rights in regard to protected health information includes providing patients with a notice of privacy practices, which outlines the policies that that office has established in regard to patient information. And this must be provided to the patient on their first visit. I'm sure you've experienced this when you go to the doctor's office and they give you one of these patient rights to read about and sign. You will also learn about this in school because you will have to provide these to your patients when they come in to see you as a patient in our clinic. It's important to know when we're talking with patients about HIPAA or we're informing our patients, we are required to provide our patients when they come into our office for care with a notice of privacy practices. So we give them a notification and then they have to sign that they've received that notification so that we have documentation showing that we have provided our patients with the information. So the notice that we are required to disclose is a notice that shows the patient how health information about them is used and disclosed in our practices. We ask the patient to review the notice of the privacy practices and understand what our legal duty is as a covered entity as healthcare providers. We also explain to the patients in our notice of privacy practices how we use and disclose their health information for treatment, for payment, for healthcare operations, how we obtain their authorization, and what we share with family and friends. We also express how we involve people that are involved with their care, how we use marketing related to healthcare services, as well as appointment reminders and what patients would like us to do or provide in order to help them with appointment reminders. Remember I said things like voicemails, postcards, or letters, so patients can individualize this. We also have in our notice of disclosure a list of the patient's rights. In addition to providing your patient with a notice of privacy practices, you will also provide them with their specific Bill of Rights. And this can be customized based on where you work. The basic premise is the same. We have to disclose to the patient what their specific rights are as it relates to their information use and disclosures. So when you see patients during the program, all of these uh, documents you will need to be familiar with. So it's important for you to understand what the notice of privacy practices are and what the patient's bill of rights are. Patients do have rights and we have to disclose what those rights are to them in order for them to have an understanding. And you are provided with this information when you seek health care out at the doctor's office or when you go to the dentist. I want you to actually read those documents when you go so that you can see how that relates to the information and how it relates to your health care. It will help you understand the Privacy Act a little better.
patient's bill of rights include the following. They have the right to respect. They have the right to comprehensive patient-centered care that is evidence-based and the standard of care. They have the right to a safe environment through compliance with OSHA and CDC guidelines. They have a right to considerate and respectful care. They have a right to be informed of their current oral health status and also be given appropriate referrals and proper recommendations. They have the right to receive an explanation of alternative treatments, including all possible risks and benefits. They also have the right to refuse recommended treatment. They have the right to be guaranteed a professional patient relationship regarding dental hygiene care. Patients have the right to access information regarding treatment and available radiographs and obtain a copy of their record upon written request. They have the right to confidentiality of all their dental records, and they have the right to information about our dental hygiene clinic policies regarding things like the length of the appointment, the fees, and the faculty supervision. Think about those patient rights in a broad sense, and then more specifically in an individual way. Patients have these rights and they can enforce them. Patients have the right to make changes or have alterations to their personal privacy practices. Things like, I don't want a text message reminder or notification of appointment reminders. Maybe they want it in the form of mail instead of a phone call. Patients have the right to articulate how they want to be contacted and if they want to be contacted. There are some specific guidelines that you want to use when you are disclosing protected health information. Use and disclose are the terms that HIPAA uses. Now, use is the information that is used to treat a patient, formulate care plans, do assessments, and things like that. Disclosure is when the patient information is shared with others, providing a referral with a radiograph, we describe and disclose our patient's needs to another person. And remember, I said this can be verbal, written, or picture, right? So the use and disclose of patient information is provided with patient authorization and agreement. It is also used for things like treatment services, payments, and other services that are needed like consultations. And this is required if it is requested by a patient. One important point is that patients are not allowed to restrict disclosure of their health records because healthcare providers require this information in order to provide comprehensive care. Patients can restrict disclosure to a health plan if they have already paid for treatment themselves. And we do use and disclose patient information using the minimum necessary standard. And this requires any patient health information necessary for treatment only to be disclosed. This can be shared without patient permission in certain circumstances. A final component of the HIPAA privacy rule centers around fundraising. Protected health information can be used without a patient's authorization when you're doing fundraising, and there has to be an option for a patient to opt out of fundraising communications. The HIPAA security rule covers the electronic records of patients. It protects access to information from unauthorized users. 
And this includes passwords, incident policies if there's a problem, continued audits, and contingency plans with backups for each specific covered entity. So you should expect that your dental office that you end up working in will have protocols in place to show compliance for the security rules established by HIPAA. There are also technical safeguards that are required by dental offices, things like antivirus, digital signatures, and warnings. Regular updated passwords, proper disposal of outdated computers, these are examples to show that you are ensuring the protection of patient information. Now, if a breach occurs, dental offices must inform the patients within 60 days. If this includes more than 500 people, the news media must be notified. Department of Health and Human Services must be notified immediately for any breach. And there are significant fines associated with a breach. This is why it's so important for you to have the right protocols established and in place and understand the rules. The use of digital technology helps to bridge the gap between providers and run systems in an efficient way. It's vitally important to protect the patient health information to ensure trust, disclosure, and positive patient health outcomes. You want trust to be at the center of your patient care, so you need to be compliant with these HIPAA rules. Now, there are lots of initiatives taking place right now to integrate dental and medical to provide more comprehensive care for our patients. And one of the stumbling blocks is the different types of electronic medical records that are used in dentistry versus the medical industry. And so there's, they don't communicate well with one another. So we're looking at ways that we can be very intentional at incorporating conversations and information in a way that still meets the needs of these rules, meets the needs of the providers, but ultimately provides comprehensive care to our patients. So it's really important for you to understand the dynamics and the degree and level of protection that you need to have for all patient information that is shared with you or that you come across or that you're provided with from others. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.